Come on, hello. There we go. There we go. Amen. Amen. Now you now y'all know I, I like amen. So you guys, I'm giving you permission to say amen if you hear something that resonates with you this morning. Amen. <laughs> amen. Philippians chapter two. Gonna be reading verses twelve through eighteen. Starts like this. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation, your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. We live in a star-obsessed society. And if you're like me, you kind of grew up in it and were molded in having stars and whatever, whatever you're into that you looked up to. Growing up, um, my mom used to take me um, to the main library on Main Street in Akron. And I remember um, we used to get books, and, and if we used, also used to get VHS tapes. Okay. I'm going to date myself because I also remember the beta. I mean, you guys remember beta tapes? I remember the beta section for some reason, too with the, the, the red, they, they were wrapped in red for some reason. But we used to get these tapes, and I used to always get um, a tape called NBA Superstars. And I wore that tape out. Of course, this is before the internet and before YouTube and stuff, so you used to see highlights of Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and Michael Jordan, all these, these players that I looked up to in the 80s. One of the things that I think that we do in this society far too often, right, is we look for stars in the wrong places. We look for stars in the wrong places. But one of the beautiful things about this passage is, is that it exhorts us to be stars of a different type, right? Each and every one of us. Whether we can sing or can't sing, whether we can run fast or jump high, whether we're a good artist or not, we're called to be a star of a different type. We're called to be a star for Christ. When I looked at this passage, one of the difficult things is the very first verse, because it talks about us working out our salvation in fear and trembling. 
And if you're like me, um, one of the difficulties that I have sometimes is I want to work for my salvation, right? And so I read that verse, and I'm tempted to want to work for my salvation and not work out my salvation. My salvation is a gift that's already been given, right? Your salvation, you already have your salvation. God has given you that gift. You don't need to work for it, but you do need to work it out, right? He has told us, hey, you need to work this out. So when God comes in us, there, there, there should be a change, and that should be seen on the outside, right? But one of the things says we need to work it out with fear and trembling. Now, that's a little bit odd for us in our society, right? Because we don't live in a society with, where we necessarily have fear and trembling for authority, right? Or a reverence for authority like, like they would have when this was written. But we work out our salvation with fear and trembling because it was a costly gift right? That gift was costly. Let's stay in the same chapter. Let's go back to verses 6 through 8. I'm going to go ahead and read them. It says this, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. When the gift costs a lot, right, when you have reverence for a gift or the gift giver, that gift should mean everything to us, right? Earlier this uh, year, it was still winter time, I was uh, on my way home uh, and you guys might be able to relate with this or not. And um, I got a text from my wife. And it was one of those texts that, you know, made me start praying <laughs> on the way home. Earlier this year, my, my wife received a gift from her mother. It was a crystal cake saver. And my wife was all excited about getting this gift. I was excited, too, because of what goes inside the cake saver, right? But she was excited about getting this gift because this was a cake saver she had seen her whole life growing up, and she was waiting for when her mom was going to give it to her. This is a beautiful cake saver. And I got this text, and it said, the cake saver is broke. It's in a million pieces. Now... I knew how much that cake saver meant to her. I also, we, for those who don't know, we have three sons. And our two youngest were playing, and something happened, right? Something happened. We, we still don't know to this day exactly what happened. <laughs> but I got home, and, I, and, I, and I, I got in the house, and the house was silent. So that's a whole, that's another warning sign, right? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the house was silent. And, and we got in the house, and we also, we all, I, I should add, we also have a puppy, too, and she was, she was quiet, too, so I knew, 
I knew something was up, but came in and my, my wife, she was working on something and uh, Saver was still all over the place. The boys were upstairs and, you know, we started cleaning up the cake saver. But the cake saver, as they get, it's just a cake saver, right? Well, yeah, sort of. But the cake saver meant a lot because of who gave her the gift. Her mom gave her the gift. And my wife loves her mom. She loves and adores her mother. And because of that, that gift meant a lot to her. Even much more, how much does that gift of salvation mean to us? It should mean everything to us. Not only because of what the gift is, right? Which is infinitely more valuable than a cake saver, right? But the gift giver is infinitely more valuable than anybody or anything in this universe. So that's why we work out our salvation in fear and trembling. We have a reverence for who God is. Let's read verse 13. It reads like this. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Why do we work? Why do we work? Let's read this. This is out of Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through 30. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. To those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. We work for his goodwill and pleasure. What an honor it is to do that. Now, I've been blessed. I, I, I obviously, I work in vocational ministry now, but I have not always worked in vocational ministry. And one of my jobs was I, I, I was a, a, a mail carrier at the University of Akron. And if you guys are like me, I don't know if you guys that, that live and work in uh, secular workspaces have been blessed to work with other believers who work for his goodwill and purpose. But when I worked at the University of Akron, my, my supervisor, Kevin, he embodied that. We had a difficult, um, in some ways, a difficult crew in the area where I worked. You, you kind of never knew what you were walking into. And Kevin, as a believer, handled our crew with much grace, really, working unto the Father and not for men. And he was a, a, a wonderful example for me as a young man, the way that I saw him care for both our difficult and not so difficult employees, right? In fact, um, just about a month ago, I, uh, I popped in uh, to my old department. I was in the area and I stopped by and Kevin was in there um, in his office reading his Bible, like he didn't know I was coming in. Um, what a public witness it is when we can shine like stars in that way, right? In our workplace, in our school, 
pointing people to Christ, not only in word, but also in deed. How do we work? Colossians 3.23 reads like this. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. How difficult. That, that, it's, that sounds great, but that can be difficult, right? If we're honest with ourselves. It can be difficult to, to work with all our heart. And then having our eyes on the Lord and not our quote-unquote human masters, our bosses, the people that we're trying to impress, right? No, we're called to work for him. What an honor it is to do that. What an honor it is to, to work for the Lord and not for men. And if you're like me, I'm tested in that every single day. Every day, there's a part of me that wants to, I want to impress my boss, I want to impress these people, I want to impress my family, my neighbors. And I wish I could say is I want to impress them because I want them to see Jesus. And sometimes, right? But sometimes I want, them, I want to impress them because I want them to be impressed with me. Amen? But it's not, to, it's not to be that way. We're to do that because we're working for the Lord not for them. Shining as stars. Shining as stars. Verses 14 and 16, through 16, excuse me, read like this. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. I grew up, I remember it was uh, do all things without grumbling or complaining. I remember learning this verse that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run run in vain or labor in vain. Do all things without grumbling or complaining. See, I ain't hearing any amens when I said that. I, I was waiting to hear some amens when I said, do all things without grumbling or complaining. That's difficult. Amen. I'm, gonna, I, I'm probably going to get in the car and grumble or complain even internally about somebody on the highway, right? On my way home. Somebody's going to annoy me. But here we're, we're, we're admonished, we're, we're, we're told to do all things without grumbling or, or complaining or disputing. And how, and how difficult is that in, in the world that we live now, right? Because we have social media. We have the ability to grumble and complain 24-7 to a large audience, right? I've got a lot of Facebook friends. If I want to grumble or complain about something, I can do that publicly. And hopefully I can get some amens, right? I can get some people to like or love what I'm complaining about. But we're called not to live like that. We're called not to act like that. In fact, 
one of the one of the interesting things is as as I think about 14 is how we're called to be a star, but not just any kind of star, but we need to be a star in our role. If you if you spend any time in, in the arena of sports, right, like I have, they're superstars, right? So the video I used to get out had the very best of the best. It had Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Charles, all these guys that were the best of the best at that time. It didn't have a section for Craig Elo, right? For my Cavs fans back in the day. It didn't have a little highlight, Craig Elo's highlights or, or Hot Rod Williams highlights, right? But, but what made those guys so special and what makes any championship team special is that you have guys or gals who are stars in their role. What are the gifts and talents that God has given you and how do you use them to the glory of the Lord? God did not give me the gifts or talent to sing. In fact, that's why my mic was off. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm being completely honest. I didn't, want for, I didn't want for to accidentally pick up me singing, right? Because I can't sing. I can't carry a tune. That's not the role that I'm to star in, right? But he's given me other gifts and talents and abilities that I have the responsibility to glorify him through being a star in that role. And that's the same thing that I'm imploring with you. What are your gifts, talents, and abilities? Are you using them for the building up of God's kingdom, for your fellow believer, for your neighbors, coworkers, schoolmates? Are you being a star in your role? Verse 15, that you may be blameless and innocent children without them blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Discern your surroundings. We all should be praying for the gift of discernment in this twisted and crooked generation. We just had a moment of lament, right, for what happened in Texas. That's on the heels of what happened in Buffalo. And we don't even have, we don't have to look across the country, right? We can turn the news on and see here in Northeast Ohio where there's darkness, there's violence, there's evil going on. So we have to be able to discern our, our surroundings and be prepared to shine as lights in a dark and twisted and crooked generation. And one of the other the points I wanted to make, too, is that we got to look in the mirror, too, because we're a part of this generation. I, 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 what, what culpability do I hold in, as a part of this generation making it twisted and crooked? I need to look in the mirror. Lord, please, please show me where I, I'm off track, right? Before I point my finger outside of my home or outside of myself, Lord, where am I messed up? Where am I, what, what are my sin issues? How am I contributing to this twisted and crooked generation? But 
We need to discern our surroundings, believers. Brothers and sisters, are you, are, are you doing that? Are you, are you discerning where there's darkness? And then are you, are you saying, how can I shine light into the darkness? How can I shine as a light in the world? And in verse 16, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Are you holding fast to the word of life? Is the word your source of power? 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 reads like this. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Those are very strong words, right? But they're words inspired by the Holy Spirit, words that we're to live by. It talks about there will be terrible times in the last days. But as we read that, are we holding on to the word of life as we live through these times? 2 Timothy, I'm going to stay in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 read like this. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Are you in your word? Are you thoroughly equipped for every good work? Are you seeing this world through the prism of God's word? Now, I'm looking out at you guys, Many of you guys have on glasses like me. How many of you guys have on contacts? A lot of y'all have contacts on too. When I look at the world or look at you guys through my glasses, I can see you. Praise God. Right? But when I take them off, you guys are all blurry. I need my glasses. I need them badly. I can't, I can't see my Bible. I honestly can't. I could not read my Bible without my glasses on. I need these on in order to see clearly. And it's the same way with God's word. We're to stay in God's word. It's God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Are you seeing things through the prism of God's word? Or are you seeing them through your favorite podcast, that prism, or my favorite news station, or I go old school radio station, right? Does anybody still listen to radio? (laughs) Some of us do, right? Are we seeing it through the prism of those things, or are we seeing it through the prism of God's word? I challenge you. Hold fast to God's word. Hold fast to the word of life. And finally, it takes sacrifice.
to be a star for the Lord, right? It takes sacrifice to shine as a star for Christ. But it's worth it. It is 100% worth it. Let's read verses 17 and 18. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, are you sacrificing? One of the things that I um, had the pleasure of seeing when I worked as a uh, chaplain with the football team at the University of Akron was the sacrifices that were made by those young men to play the game of football, to play it at a high level. And many of them, their hope was to get to play in the NFL. So they got up early. You know, it was nothing for practice or for weightlifting time to start at 5 in the morning. And they ate a certain way. And they, they worked hard. They, they made all these sacrifices for something very temporal, right? As you know, most college players don't get a chance to go play in the NFL. And in fact, most college rosters probably half the roster doesn't even get to hardly play for their college team. But they were willing to make those sacrifices for what they felt called to, right? Which was that gridiron, that, that, the, 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 the chance to play the sport that they love. Even much more, what are we sacrificing to shine as stars for the one who gave us the gift of salvation. I'm going to just share a quick story about my own family, and this is not bragging at all. In fact, it's a sacrifice that we essentially stumbled into. <laughs> we stumbled into, and, it, and I, I sometimes I hesitate to tell the story because I don't want, part of me is like, I don't want anybody to, to try to do what we did. But about 10 years ago, the Lord gave us uh, the opportunity to go into full-time ministry with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And uh, one thing about FCA that most people don't know is that you are not guaranteed a paycheck, right? Um, it, it is a, uh, a missions-type ministry where you have to raise support. And I naively thought that um, people will hear what we're doing, and they'll line up to write us checks, right, so that we can do that ministry, so that we can be an FCA. And so I'm running my mouth about this opportunity at my job, and some of my higher-ups, they hear that I've got this job opportunity, and I'm saying, you know what, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take this job. And they were kind enough I guess in God's providence, to write me out of next year's fiscal budget. So they came to me and said, hey, um, after um, September, 
uh, we don't have you written into our budget. So I, I, we don't know exactly when you're planning on leaving, but uh, that's what we're planning on having you leave. <laughs> and so we left. I, I, I had to leave that job at the end of September, and what happened even before that was my wife and I had been praying about homeschooling our oldest child, and my wife was teaching at the time, and she came to me and said, I feel called to come home and homeschool Isaiah. And so um, I said, okay, let's do it. So <laughs> here it is. She's homeschooling Isaiah. I am in September, at the end of September, no longer working for the University of Akron and no longer getting a consistent paycheck. In fact, uh, we, we didn't receive a paycheck for 10 months. And that sacrifice, there were difficult times during that, right? But the Lord provided miraculously and kindly for my family. Yes, we downsized and sold one of our cars, and we did what we had to do in order to survive, right? But the Lord, he, he not only provided kindly materially, but spiritually. My wife, we got along. We didn't fight during that 10 months. You know what I'm saying? We did, miraculously, we weren't arguing about money and those sorts of issues. The Lord, was, he took care of us. And then right as things started to, started to say, Lord, I don't know, I'm, this is not for me, then the support started coming in. Amen. And another job, I got another job opportunity to open up. I was able to work as a hospice chaplain part-time and to help make ends meet in that way as well. I share that story because there's somebody in this room who's praying about a way that the Lord is calling you to sacrifice. And I'm not saying that he's calling you to quit your job. So nobody blame me for that, right? <laughs> but he's calling for you to sacrifice in some way for his glory. To shine as a star, to point others to him. He may be calling you to sacrifice some sleep. Maybe you need to get up earlier. He may be calling you to serve here in a certain way. Serve in kids ministry, your student ministry to serve in benevolence of some sort, to care for your neighbor, your co-worker. He's, he's calling you to sacrifice in some way so that you can shine as a star, because that's how we shine, right? By his example. And we, I'm going to go back real quick, because we read that at the beginning of, of, of the sermon, right? Chapter 2, verses 6 through 8 who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. We sacrifice by being a servant. Being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form, he humbled himself. We humble ourselves, right? He humbled himself by becoming obedient even to the point of death, even death on a cross. He sacrificed himself. How do we sacrifice? Through service, humility, obedience. Service, 
humility, obedience. Is that something that you're doing? I know for me, I guess it depends on the day you ask me, right? Do I have a heart bent towards service? Do I have a heart bent towards humility? Do I have a heart bent towards obedience? I wish I could say that I do all the time, but I don't. But that's where we thank God for his grace. Amen. And we lean on him and we lean on his Holy Spirit to help us shine as stars in this crooked and twisted generation. Would you bow your heads in prayer with me? Dear Lord, we thank you so much for today. I thank you so much for this church, uh, this congregation, Lord. Um, we pray a special blessing over them. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to shine like stars, Father, to have hearts bent towards service, humility, and obedience. Let there be something different about us, Father, something that draws our unbelieving friends and neighbors to us, wanting to know why we are the way that we are. Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice. I pray for anybody uh, who is here under the sound of my voice who doesn't have a relationship with you, if they're seeking a relationship with you, Lord, pray, Lord, that you would um, just bring them to myself or one of the elders or pastors here so that we could pray with them. Lord, once again, we pray that you help us to shine like stars. We love you because you first loved us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.